as the spirit of the born again believer cannot sin, so the flesh of the born again believer can only sin. It has no capacity for righteousness at all. And so, go back to before we're born again. Our spirits can only commit sin. The spirit of the unbeliever can only commit sin. The flesh of the unbeliever also can only commit sin. And so, the unbeliever really is, is, is condemned to committing sin. That's all they know. We come into the kingdom of God and we get a new spirit that can only commit righteousness, cannot commit sin. But Christians still commit sin. So if it is impossible for the spirit of the born-again believer to not sin, and yet as a Christian I do commit sin, where is the sin coming from? Because can't be coming from my spirit. My spirit is sinless. John tells us very plainly, he who is born of God doesn't say, he doesn't say tries not to sin, he says he cannot sin. It's impossible. So where's the sin coming from? Well, it comes from the flesh. And we pick that up. The Apostle Paul teaches us about the concept of the flesh and the spirit. In fact, he's quite strong on that teaching because he understood the concept. And so he taught it to the church. Um, in Romans chapter 7, verse 14 to 25, the Apostle Paul relates to us his experience when he was a baby believer, a baby Christian. He had been born again, and on the inside of him, he now wanted to serve God. But he found himself still committing sin. And so now he had to explain it. He needed God to explain this to him. Lord, why is it that I'm born again, I love you, and I want to serve you, but I find myself still committing sin? God then revealed to him the truth about the flesh and the spirit. And so that's the truth we need to get our minds around to understand why it is that Christians still continue to commit sin, even though their spirits are unable to commit sin. And so let's pick up the passage. He says, For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal. Now he's talking about himself as a baby believer. The book of Corinthians, he refers to those Christians as carnal believers. He says you're carnal. Now the reason he calls them carnal, he equates that to them being babes in Christ. And so a carnal Christian is a baby Christian, synonymous terms. And all it means is that the flesh has a, a greater influence on, on their lives than their spirits do. Why? Because their spirits are still babes. Their spirits are still growing. And their flesh is still strong. So that's the context of what he's coming across with. He says, but I'm carnal, sold under sin. Now look at what he says, for what I'm doing, I do not understand. For what I will to do, that I do not practice. For what I hate, that I do. If then I do what I will not to do, I agree with the Lord that it is good. But now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. Verse 18. For I know that in me, and now he differentiates. This is the first time we really get to hear about the flesh. Um, the Holy Spirit teaches us about the flesh through the Apostle Paul. He says, For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. So the Spirit, there's no sin there, but he's now saying the flesh, there's no righteousness there. He says there's nothing good dwells in our flesh. He said, For to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good I do not find. For the good that I will to do, I do not do, but the evil I will not to do, that I practice. 
Now, if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. I find then a law that evil is present with me, the one who wills to do good. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. His spirit is born again. But I see another law in my members, talking about his physical body now, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, um, who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. And so this passage of scripture is very enlightening for us. It's illustrated, it shows us the way the problem lies in the Christian. All born again believers are born again in their spirits, but they're born again spiritually immature. They're born again as babes in Christ. And so it, the spirit of the born again believer has to now grow and become mature. But while the spirit is, is in that infant stage, the flesh of the born-again believer remains intact, exactly as it was before. Now, we need to understand where these bodies come from. Our bodies come from Adam, because the Bible teaches us that from one blood in the book of Acts, God has made every nation on the earth. And so, the bodies that we inherit come from Adam. Now, when Adam committed sin in the Garden of Eden, his spirit died straight away. But something else also happened. Sin then entered into his bloodstream. For the blood of, of, of man is the life of man. The life is in the blood. And so when, when, when spiritual death entered into Adam and life departed, well then spiritual death and sin entered into his life, which was his blood. And so his blood became contaminated with the sin virus. Now, every single physical body on the planet today has descended from Adam's body. All of it, everybody's body, physical body, have come from that body. And so that contaminated blood source that was contaminated with the sin virus flows through the veins of every single body, including the born-again believer. Because don't forget, we said our bodies don't change when we come into the kingdom of God. And so our bodies still contain the sin virus. So our bodies are sinful in nature. Our bodies have no capacity for righteousness. The body of the, of the born-again believer only has capacity for sin. And so Paul recognized, the Holy Spirit taught Paul this truth, that in his bodies there was no good. His body was dominated by the law of sin. So his inward man wanted to do the, work, the law of righteousness, but his body wanted to do the law of sin. So he has this problem. Now he says to will. So he's, as an act of his will, he wanted to obey uh, the law of righteousness in his spirit. But he found a, a stronger law in his body overcoming the law of righteousness in his spirit. He said, because I, you know, I'm doing stuff I don't want to do. I, I lose my temper. I get angry. And yet I want to walk in righteousness. I delight after the law of God with my inward man. But I find I'm doing something else. And so God showed him, it's, it, uh, Paul, it's your body. Your, your physical body still is sinful in nature and has no capacity for righteousness. And so Paul says, okay, but then Lord, 
who's going to deliver me from this sinful, this body of death? Because, you know, that's, that's hindering my Christian walk. And so our Lord goes on to explain to him, uh, through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so it's Jesus who has overcome sin in the flesh, and we'll get to that point now. And so, as I said, Paul is very strong on the concept that the Christian is, has these two parts to them which are diametrically opposed to each other. And that is the flesh of the believer and the spirit of the believer. The spirit of the believer only has capacity for righteousness. The flesh of the believer only has capacity for sin. No righteousness whatsoever. Now the flesh of the believer is made up of two primary parts. The body, this physical body that we dwell in, which includes the organ of the brain. And also what the scripture refers to as the carnal mind. Now the carnal mind is purely the mindset that we all come into the kingdom of God with. And that is the mindset that we've grown up with our entire lives. We've learned to think, as I said, as this world thinks. And so God says now we have to renew our thinking process to think as He thinks. And so the, the flesh of the believer is made up of these two parts, the body that we dwell in and the carnal mindset that we have when we come into the kingdom. And so that's where we have to now deal with sin if the Christian is going to walk free from sin. In other words, if the Christian is going to repent from dead works and walk in righteousness, the Christian has to learn how to deal with the flesh and overcome the flesh. Romans 8 verse 3 and 4. Um, the Holy Spirit it teaches the Apostle Paul how to do this. He says, For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, on account of sin, he condemns sin in the flesh, that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. And so for the believer who walks according to the Spirit, the Bible says we have the capacity to fulfill the righteous requirement of the law. So what does that mean? Because there is the fulfillment of the law, and then there's the fulfillment of the righteous requirement of the law. There's a difference between the two. Let me illustrate the difference. Our Lord Jesus Christ, when He came to the earth, the, the famous teaching He did was the Sermon the, on the Mount. And there were a couple of things that He addressed. He said, you guys um, have heard that you should not commit adultery. But I say to you that if a man looks lustfully at a woman, uh, he has already committed adultery with her in his, in his heart. And so whereas the Jews were saying, well, I don't commit adultery, and so I'm keeping the law, Jesus was saying, that's actually not the righteous requirement of the law. The light, righteous requirement of the law, you're not even to look at another woman with, to lust after her, because you've already then committed adultery with her in your heart. And so that's the righteous requirement of the law. Now the Christian has the capacity to walk in that. Why? Because the spirit of the born-again believer has that ability, because it has the divine nature. It can walk in love, and love does no harm to a neighbor. And so we can do that if we choose to walk in the spirit and not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now, how do we do that? We do it because Jesus did it for us. Because he says what the Lord couldn't do it was weak through the flesh. So although the Lord had given his laws to the children of Israel, 
And they were very basic laws because God still allowed them under the law to even divorce because and, 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 you know, he, they could give a certificate of divorce. And Jesus said, that's not how God intended it. He said, because of the hardness of your hearts, Moses allowed you to divorce. But that wasn't what God's intention was. It's from the beginning, God made them male and female. And so divorce is not from God. And so again, the righteous requirement of the law is far higher than the law itself. But even the law, no one could keep because their, their natures were completely sinful, spirit and body. And their flesh, their flesh and their spirit were one and the same. And so they just, even though they, they, you know, they read, don't commit adultery, they found out that they were eventually committing adultery. All these kind of sins were coming up. So they couldn't do it. Why? Because of the weakness of their flesh. Their flesh wants to sin. The flesh has no capacity for righteousness. It only has capacity for sin. So what God did was He sent Jesus to the earth. Now Jesus did a number of things for us when He came to the earth. One of them was is that he condemned sin in the flesh. So it's not a case of, we saw in the previous teaching, he paid for our sins when he went down to hell, and he also cleansed us from all sin by his blood. But he also condemned sin in the flesh. While he was in the flesh, he condemned sin. How did he do that? Because God sent Jesus to the earth as a man, not as God, and he sent him in a body that was like ours. The scripture says, sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. And so Jesus came and dwelt in a body that is, was subjected to sinful temptations as ours is. How God did that, I don't know. I've never heard anybody be able to expound on that. So maybe there's somebody out there who knows. God has not revealed that to me. But nevertheless, Jesus dwelt in a body there was, there was no sin there, but it, it had the same desire to commit sin that our bodies do. How God did that? Don't know. But Jesus never once ever committed any sin. And so he condemned sin in the flesh. Because although his body was wanting to commit sin, he never allowed that to happen. And so he condemned sin in the flesh. And so God, what man couldn't do, God did through Jesus. And so because Jesus has done it, we can now do it. Why? Because the Bible teaches us in Galatians that it is no longer we who live, but it is Christ who lives in us. And so the one who condemns sin in the flesh when he was on the earth the first time is well able to condemn sin in my flesh now. Because he, he did it in his own body, he can do it in my body. It's not a big issue for the Lord to do that. And so we as Christians need to trust Jesus to do it through us. That's how we are able to overcome sin in the flesh. Not us, it's Christ in us that is able to do it through us. And we need to understand. Uh, and that's a faith walk. Now we're starting to walk by faith. That's why the scripture says, the just shall live by faith faith. Can't be done by willpower because the will is not strong enough on its own to do that because Paul had the same problem. He said, that which I will to do, I find myself not doing. So if we could overcome sin in the flesh by our willpower alone, we wouldn't have needed Jesus. We couldn't. And that's why we needed Jesus. He's the only man who ever overcame sin in the flesh. In other words, he lived his whole life 
never once committing sin. In a body that was this, exactly the same as ours from the point of view of being uh, tempted to commit sin, as our, as our bodies are. Galatians 5, 16 to 25 says, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. And those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. And so again, the Apostle Paul is very clear about his teaching about the fact that Christians, believers, have these two diametrically opposed parts to them. And that is the born-again Spirit and the flesh that they dwell in, which is the body, and including the organ of the brain, and the carnal mindset. And he says the two are completely opposed to each other. And he, you, you, we're not going to be able to do anything about the flesh, to get the flesh to change. It will never change. So what we have to do is we have to keep it under. We keep our flesh under control. And we walk in the Spirit. We choose to not walk in the flesh. So we deny. That's why our Lord is saying, take up your cross daily. We need to deny ourselves, he said. When he's talking about denying ourselves, he's talking about denying our fleshly desires, not our spiritual desires. For the Spirit of God, the Spirit of, of the born-again believer wants to serve God and walk in righteousness. We don't deny that. We deny the fleshly desires. And that's the cross we have to bear. And we have to pick it up every day. Because we never will be done away with these bodies until such a time as we leave this planet. When we physically die, then we will be um, done then these. Uh, the flesh will be done away with. And we will not, this, the saints in heaven don't have a problem like we have one down here. Because they are in spirit and they have, um, put them, the perfect has come as far as their minds is concerned. They don't have carnal minds up there, they don't have physical bodies up there. So there's no sin influence there. Whereas we, the saints on the earth, we've got this problem because we're righteous on the inside, but we dwell inside a sinful body. And that carnal mindset has to change as well. And so that's what we have to deal with down here. And as I say, the, the body never changes. It will remain sinful in nature all the time. We have to learn to keep it under control. And we have to renew our minds. That's what we have to do. Uh, Romans 8, 7 to 13 says, Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So it's impossible for the flesh of the born-again believer to be submissive to the laws of God. Won't do it. If the flesh is given free reign, it will rebel against God all the time. It has no capacity to submit to the law of God. So we, we have to recognize that, and that's what we have to keep under control. Verse 13, For if you live according to the flesh, Christian, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. And so it's by the Spirit of God in us that enables us. Why? Because He, the same uh, Lord, the, the same Spirit that was in Christ dwells within us. And so as Jesus overcame sin in the flesh, so we, He enables us to overcome sin in the flesh. And so that's our ability. We're, by the Spirit, we're to put to death the deeds of the body. When it says putting it to death, it just means denying it. So when, this, when the flesh wants to get out there and commit sin, 
we say, no, we don't do that. We walk in the Spirit. And so we just deny the, the desires of the flesh. Keep it under control. One of the, the, the last fruit of the Spirit, there are nine fruit of the Spirit, the last one is the fruit of self-control. Now the self that we want to control is that sinful desire, that fleshly desire, that selfish desire. And that's what we want to keep under control. So that we can walk in righteousness. And we can do that because the Spirit of God that dwells within us enables us to do that. But our spirits have to grow stronger so that we, our spirits can exert a greater influence over our will. Because that's what the baby Christian has the quandary with, is that their flesh is still strong and their spirits are weak. And so the, the flesh bring, has a, a greater influence over the decision of their will than their spirit does. And so they tend to start, they tend to walk in sin more than they walk in righteousness. But as their spirits grow stronger, so their spirits can bring a greater influence to bear on their will. And so they are more easily able to overcome sin in the flesh and walk in righteousness. And it's a process we have to go through. It's a growth process that has to take place. 1 Peter 4, 1-2 says, Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same mind. For he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lusts of men, but for the will of God. And so, when we walk in righteousness, the flesh suffers. Because the flesh finds sin pleasurable. The flesh loves to commit sin. And that's their carnal mind as well. Loves to gossip. Loves to walk in envy. Loves to walk in covetousness. The flesh loves that. And so when we deny the flesh that, and we walk in righteousness, well then the flesh suffers. Flesh doesn't like that. Flesh doesn't like getting told that you, we're going to go pray for an hour now. The flesh wants to sit in front of the TV for an hour, not get on its knees and pray for an hour. But we walk in righteousness, and so we keep our flesh under control. And so the flesh suffers. But what Peter says here, he who has suffered in the flesh has done what? Has ceased from sin. Why? Because he's now walking in righteousness. He's walking in the Spirit. He's not walking in the flesh anymore. Sin's in the flesh, not in the Spirit. And so we need to learn to walk in the Spirit. Acts 17.26 says, And he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth, and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings. And so that's just showing us that the physical bodies we dwell in come from Adam, from one blood, but the Spirit of the born-again believer comes from God. And the two are diametrically opposed. And so we as Christians have to grow strong in spirit so that we can have a greater influence over our world, excuse me, and thus be able to overcome sin in the flesh. Now Jesus did it for us. Without him we can't do it. That's why we're born again. And we have, again Galatians, it is no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who died for me, that I might live for Him. And so I'm born again of the Spirit of God. And so I have that capacity. As Jesus had the capacity to overcome sin in the flesh, so do I. Because it's Jesus in me, the hope of glory, that does that through me. So I trust that you understand that, because we need to understand concepts in order to be able to learn to walk free from sin. Walk in repentance from dead works. So the two concepts we've looked at so far is that the born-again spirit cannot sin and the flesh of the born-again believer can only sin. And the two are completely dark.